Hi everyone, welcome to the Pen Garden podcast, usually about writing productivity and mental health. I say usually because today I will be sharing a discussion with my friend Flora Kittle, who is a fellow author and a better reader. The both of us together oversee the Pen Garden Better Reading Program, a project which provides writers the opportunity to receive extensive feedback on their current book. More about the program is on our website, thepengarden.com, including the application form. I'm your host, Lainey, a self-published author and an avid reader, trying to get better at writing every day. Before we start with the interview, I want to signpost you to a couple of resources. If you don't know what better reading is, and if your novel is ready for that, check out the blog post for this episode where I will link to some resources to help you get up to speed. Briefly, it's a preliminary read of an edited manuscript with the purpose to provide feedback on the plot which will improve aspects of it. A better reader will look at your story from the eyes of a critical reader and identify places that are confusing or inconsistent. Some better readers might help you improve your writing style too, but it depends on their own skills. The Pen Garden Better Reading provides feedback on four areas in the shape of a letter. That's plot, characters, setting and writing style. There has been one round so far and all the participants have been very thankful and we've had a lot of successful reads. If you have a self-edited complete manuscript you're seeking feedback on, the Pen Garden Better Reading Program Round 2 is a good opportunity for you. Applications opened on Saturday 24th of April and will close on the Tuesday 4th of May 2021. With the intro out of the way, grab a drink and sit back. Coming up next is a chat with Flora about what we wished authors knew before submitting their work to better readers. Enjoy! Hi Flora, welcome to the podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi lady, nice to see you. Um, I'm Flora, I'm a technical writer by occupation and I have uh, yourself, Lainey, to thank for challenging me to turn my writing skills to creative writing. This past year, obviously, it's been a bit of an odd one, um, but it's given me time to to challenge myself. And I've drafted a couple of novels um, and I'm actually in the editing stage of the first one. I'm an avid reader and I host a book group. And this last year, I've discovered the great joy in beta reading other people's stories. Great. um, Welcome. And as you can all hear, Flora is very well placed to give feedback on your books. So keep listening. Um, why do you think better reading is so great, Flora? I think it's a great thing to do both for the author themselves, but also on a really personal level. For me, it's been great to see examples of other people's writing and also to see the very, very common writing stumbling blocks that everyone makes in other people's work so that I can appreciate them in my own because I've definitely learnt through beta reading other people's where I've made mistakes. I agree. For me as a writer, it's that and also the fact that it's receiving safe, nurturing feedback. It's constructive and it's really different from, say, receiving a scathing review after the fact when you can't really change anything. It's a chance to grow in many ways. And um, I've received lots of better reader feedback. So for me, it's a chance to pay it forward as a reader. And this is why we're offering this program. 
it's rewarding, uh, but it's not always easy, of course, and it's really hard work sometimes. As readers and writers, we all have pet peeves. Um, for example, mine is adverb overuse. If I see more than two or three on a single page, I can feel an itch to scratch them out. Sometimes there's a few in a sentence or even in the same line. And yeah, I guess that's something as a better reader that I wish I was spared from. Why do you hate adverbs so much? <laughs> it's a technical issue, really. They're like uh, shortcuts. And I believe writers can always find more imaginative ways to convey what they want or like their story. For example, if you have someone saying something angrily, I would much rather read a line about how this anger is manifesting. Uh, maybe they're clenching their fists or gritting their teeth. Whatever it is, it's more food for my imagination as a reader. What about you? Any technical issues you wish writers considered before submitting their book for better reading? This may sound a bit nitpicky, but a technical issue that I think would be worth considering as a writer when you submit your manuscript to a beta reader is the formatting. Now, I appreciate that you will all use different software to write your story. There'll be the old school Word, the convenient Google Docs, or the writer's delight Scrivener. But when submitting your manuscript, it is worth assuming a standard Word document or PDF should be shared. But beyond that, make it easy for your beta reader. The average reader will not read a whole novel in one sitting. With a paperback, you can use a bookmark on your page, or with a Kindle or equivalent, a digital bookmark is added. This won't necessarily be an option for an early draft beta read, but you can use formatting to help your readers to navigate through your lengthy document. Have a table of contents and easy links to chapters. Your reader will thank you. That's a very good point. But what about plot then? Any specific things you would advise writers to just focus on when doing self-edits? One thing that I've noticed in all of the stories that I've beta read, and let's be honest, in some traditionally published novels as well, is that there are promises made early that are not necessarily fulfilled. This can be anything from an interesting character trait that is not explored, a quirky world dynamic or setting that is underutilized, or a plot thread that is not completed. On the plot thread, it's not necessarily a plot hole, um, which is an event that is improbable or unbelievable, but just something that isn't followed through. So in every piece of feedback that I've given to the stories I've beta read is uh, I have referenced Mary Robinette Cowell's Mice Quotient. It was Lainey who shared this resource with me first. And maybe because I'm a scientist at heart, I find the Mice Quotient a really good way of following through with all of the many elements needed to make a good novel. Mary Robinette Cowell uses the idea of nested promises. Each concept that is open should be closed by the end of the story preferably in the order that they were introduced. Lainey will provide some resources in the show notes for a fuller explanation. And all I will say here is that it is a very powerful tool for platting in all of the threads. From the manuscripts I read, you all had some really exciting promises and concepts. Make sure you don't throw them away. Yes, definitely a very good point and also a pet peeve of mine. On that, I do want to add on that there is another similar thing that I've noticed in the books I've read, which I will come out and say I'm also guilty of as a writer, and that's not having some vital scenes in because the writer may deem them boring to write or think that they're implied 
because obviously writers have their whole book in their heads. So they may think that some things are very obvious, but when a reader reads the story for the first time, they may never know certain things that are just left in your head as the writer. So the connections between all the actions and all the action moments are very important because they break the pace and they give the reader a chance to rest and reflect on the story so far, to sort of check in with their feelings subconsciously. I would recommend writers study novel structure and particularly rising and falling action and tension. I will drop a resource in the blog post about this, which explains things better than I do. So now you all know. A few things that better readers want you to consider. Obviously, not all of us are the same, but generally, if you think about what you love and hate as a reader and try to implement that in your self-editing process, you'll be well on your way to having a clean manuscript to give to your better readers. As a reminder, the Pen Garden Better Reading Program is open now until 4th of May. We accept romance, fantasy, women's fiction, thriller, crime, and historical fiction and all of their subgenres. If your completed novel fits any of those and you're looking for feedback, make sure you fill out the application form on thepengarden.com. Now, to close off our discussion with a light topic, what's one of your favorite tropes, Flora, and why? I'm not sure if it really counts as a trope, but I'm a sucker for interconnected stories that span timelines. I love a story that's essentially a mystery through time, with old artefacts or spirits influencing a modern day quest. I don't know why I, I like it so much, but to me, it feels really clever um, for to be able to tie in those two different timelines. How about you? Well, for me, one of my favorite tropes has to be genuinely good bosses and managers. It is so satisfying seeing a main character get into trouble of any kind and then know that their boss has their back and supports them emotionally and professionally to get through their rough patch and that they're not going to betray them. It's really empowering to have an honest, caring manager who sees employees as people. I watch lots of Korean dramas and there, for some reason, often... The people of power are the bodies. So I have this involuntary reaction every time I meet a new boss or manager character to just very vigorously hope that they're a consistently good person in the story. Or if not consistently good, at least, you know, reasonable and that they're not like a villain in, in disguise. Um, so yeah, thanks for doing this podcast episode with me, Flora. Any closing thoughts before we wrap up? I would just like to thank you all for listening and I really look forward to reading some of your awesome stories in the coming months. So please apply. Yes, we're both really looking forward to all the applications for round two. Thanks again, Flora, and speak to you soon. And that is all I have for you today. Go to thepengarden.com to apply or check out the Pengarden Facebook page for the link. To apply, you need to provide some information about your completed manuscript and a 500-word sample, so it will only take about 10 minutes. Next Tuesday, I will talk about a favorite topic of this podcast, which is writing routines. I will discuss how a writing routine fits with all of the other routines you might be juggling on the daily. For me, it wasn't easy to slot it in, and I'm still struggling some days, so if you do too, you're not alone. 
a blog post which lists the resources mentioned in this episode and the transcript for the interview is available on my website, thepengarden.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you can, please leave a short review. It helps more people discover the show. Alternatively, you can just share it with all your writing friends. I will appreciate you forever for it. But if you prefer to lurk, join my newsletter. It comes out once a month and has some news. As a bonus, all of these newsletters feature a cute animal and a book recommendation. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Hope you have an awesome week and speak to you soon.